Well, thank you for joining us this morning. I wanted to say a couple of things about last week. We had a, a wonderful time of food and fun and fellowship. And thanks, I want to thank everyone that helped out, that brought food. And I want to give a special thanks to Lewis and Bobby Joe and John for all, cooking all the ribs, the chicken, and the brisket. And so thank you guys. It was most excellent. And those are some of the best ribs. I mean, they were awesome. And that chicken, I've never had chicken like that. I mean, it was just like melt-in-your-mouth chicken. So it was great. And the good news is we're going to do that again in August, on, uh, the fifth Sunday in August on the 31st or whatever that is. And I think we're planning to have another baptism. I'm not sure. But anyway, the food will be there, so you need to be here. But thank you guys. Thanks to everyone that helped out. It was just a wonderful uh, time of fellowship, and uh, thanks, Tanya, for helping to coordinate all that. And those guys that, that smoked all the meat, by the way, you may not know this, but they cooked all night long. They got here, Lewis got here like around 10 or 11 on Saturday morning, and he was here all day, and they cooked all night, and they, uh, they said they had a wonderful time of fellowship, and they'd like to extend that to the rest of you, whoever, men or women, uh, they had a wonderful time of fellowship, and I have a feeling that they got a chance to sample maybe some of the food as well, but I guess that comes with the territory. But anyway, thanks to everyone. We're continuing in the series, uh, The Gifts from the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I'm going to talk about the body of Christ, the church. And my first point this morning is we really need each other. And just sort of as a recap, I want to go back to Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 4 and 5. And what it says is, just as our bodies have many parts... And each part has a special function, verse 5, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So I want you to, to take a moment, and I want you to look around the room. Look at the people around you. And you know what? I have a chance. Um, they need you. The people in this room need you. And you know what? You need them. We are called the body of Christ. Life Fellowship is a body. It's a living, active, dynamic body. Let's review the gifts found in Romans 12 that we've already talked about. If you've missed some of the, uh, the sermons in this series, I encourage you to go back online and either watch these sermons or listen to them, podcast them. But this is, these are some of the gifts that we've already talked about. Now, as I'm going to read through these. I want you to just think about this and say, is there any, or what are my giftings? Where, where do I see these giftings in my life? It's a, we've already talked about the gift of prophecy, and we're going to talk more about that in the uh, next few weeks. Gift of prophecy, serving. And we've talked about this already, that ministry really means serving, teaching, some of you may have the gift of teaching, encouraging. That's one of my gifts. I love to encourage people. Do you ever need to be encouraged? I had a, a voicemail earlier, uh, well, I guess it was last week. That was really encouraging, and I really appreciated that. So we all need encouragement, but we can encourage one another as well. Giving is another gift. Some of you have the gift of giving, uh, leading, and kindness. 
So again, my first point is we really need each other. As we look at the body of Christ and we see how God has positioned us and the giftings that he's given us, we see how it all works together like a puzzle. So let's go now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to look at verse 1. And we've talked about these uh, a couple of weeks ago. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Paul is very clear. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to miss this. It's important that you understand this. And then in verses 1 through 11, he talks about some of these gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Ability to give wise advice. Do you ever need wise advice? It's great to have somebody that you can call and say, listen, I really need some counsel regarding this situation. Special knowledge. You know, God will give us or give to, to individuals sometimes special knowledge about a, a person, an, an individual, a family, a situation. Great faith. And we've talked about these already uh, a few weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend too much time here. But again, go back and listen to the sermons. Ability to perform miracles. These are gifts that, that Christ gives to us, that God gives to us. A gifts of healing. Uh, ability to perform miracles. Ability to prophesy. Ability to discern if a message is from God or from another spirit. Ability to speak in unknown languages. Ability to interpret these unknown languages. And I think verse 11 is really critical here. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so we need to be receptive to the gifts that God wants to give to us. Why would anyone reject the gifts that the Lord has for them? Or why would we say, well, I want that gift over there? Well, if God wanted you to have that gift, he would give you that gift. Let's take the gift that God has given us and let's use those gifts. Let's enjoy those gifts, but let's use them. Let's continue to read on in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to now be reading from verses 12 through 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So when we look around in this room, we are a part of the body. And then when you look regionally or, or globally, we are all part of the body of Christ. And, you know, the word says that we're to pray for one another. We need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for those who are being persecuted. Not everybody lives in a free country that can come to a building like this and freely worship. So we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, non-Jews, some are slaves, some are free. We're blessed that we're free. But here Paul is writing to the early church, and it was just a whole myriad of different people, different cultures. And so he was teaching them about the things of God, helping them to understand, as we need to understand, that we are all part of the body. We all look differently. We all have different giftings. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different temperaments. Husbands, don't look at your wives now. Look at me. But we're all different, and that's wonderful. Thank God we're not all like me. <laughs> or you. 
But God has created us as a body, and so it's important that we understand that we are a part of the body and that we need one another. And when you think about Christians across the globe, um, it's interesting that it's the bond of Christ. Have you ever met someone and you just instantly bond with them and you just feel that connection and then you find out that they're a Christian and, you know, God does that. God does those kinds of things where he builds our relationships and we instantly connect with people sometimes. So God does those kinds of things. Let's read on in, in verse 13. But we, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Last week, we had several people get baptized, and so it was awesome. And so they're not only connected to the local body of Christ, but also the global body as well. Verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. The mission, the culture, the diversity, the expression of worship here at Life Fellowship looks different than it does at the church down the street, but that's okay. We're all individuals. You know, we're all, we're all, each church has its own place in the body of Christ. Let me say it that way, but we're all connected to one another. And there are a group of pastors that I meet with on a regular basis, and we love one another. We're, we support one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We're not here to build our own little kingdom. We're here to build the kingdom of God. Let's read on in verse 15. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Verse 16. <clears throat> and if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And so, if you're a part of this local body, God has called you here. God has planted you here for a purpose. You're needed here. You're a part of what God is doing. You're a part of the puzzle. And so, just like we need you, you need us. You are valued. You are needed. And you may be thinking, well, my part is not that important. Or it doesn't really matter. It does matter. Don't despise the gifts that God has given you. Don't think, well, I'm not as important as so-and-so. The supporting roles are often much more important than what you would realize. So you don't have to have the mic or you don't have to be up front to be important. Whatever God has given you to do, do it well. Be faithful in all that God has given you to do. Don't look at what others have. Look at what God has given you. And are you using those gifts? Are you being faithful? Are you using those gifts well? Are you serving with excellence? Verse 19. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. What if your body looked like a finger? You know? I mean, that'd be kind of odd. You wouldn't be able to really grab anything. But what would you do without your index finger? You need your index finger. But if your whole body were a finger... You would look kind of odd, and uh, you wouldn't be able to function in the manner in which God created you to function. And so it is the same with the body of Christ. We need one another. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. 
he keeps repeating this because I think 2,000 years ago, the Lord knew, the Holy Spirit knew, that there would be people sitting at Life Fellowship today that needed to hear this message. Amen. There are people today that need to hear this message all over the globe. There are churches that need to understand that we're working together. We shouldn't be working apart from one another or causing division. We should be encouraging and strengthening one another because we are part of the body. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Verse 21, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. I want you to do something. I want everyone to stand up, and I want you to grab a hand of somebody close by. I want everybody holding a hand. I'm going to participate in this. Try not to get some feedback. All right, is everybody holding a hand of someone? We're connected. We're connected. Okay, now I want you to let go, and I want you to look around the room, and I want you to, to think about two people. Just think about two people in this room that you see right now. Okay, what is your relationship with them like? It may be your spouse. It could be a relative, a mom, a sibling, uh, an individual on a ministry team or something like that. It may be a person that sits beside you every Sunday. They're there every week, a close, a close friend. Think about your interaction with those two people. You may be seated. Think about your interaction with those two people. Is it the same? Is the person next, sitting next to you, do they have the same dynamic relationship with those people that you do? No. And so God builds those relationships. There, there's some people here... Well, probably all of you, I guess I could say this for all of us, we all have a different dynamic in our relationship with each person. But it doesn't mean that one person is less important. It doesn't mean that one person is less valuable. It's just the dynamics of our relationship with those people help connect us together. And there's a purpose and a plan for that. And so um, when you think about these other people, these two people that I ask you to think about, think about their giftings. Are their giftings different from one another? Are their giftings different from yours? They are. So again, the point that I'm trying to make is that we all need one another and we're all different. And it's very, very, very okay that we are. In fact, it's very needed that we're different. And when I look around this room, I see all different ages. I see different colors, shapes, sizes. You're all skinny. <laughs> so, you know, isn't that the goal? We all want to be thin. Okay, well, whatever. Um, but you know what? God loves us the way we are. And he created us to be individuals. And we need to understand that there's great value in, in the way that we are. The way that we look. Our personality. The, the things that God has planted in us because we need one another. And it's okay to be diverse. In fact, I love that I, the diversity that we have at this church. And uh, so each of us bring a different dynamic into the body of Christ. It's amazing how God knits all this together. So let's look at verse 22. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. 
So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. And, you know, when you're taking a shower, you shower every part of your body, right? And so we, we clean our entire body. We should be cleaning our entire body. Uh, I think the key here is, is that this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. That's the bottom line, is that we need to be looking out for each other. We need to be praying for one another. We need to be encouraging one another. We need to be building relationships with one another. It goes on to say in verse 26, If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. So when someone in our body is hurting, I'm hurting. We should be hurting. When someone in our body is suffering, we should be caring for those people. We should be calling them. We should be loving them. We should be praying for them. Because they're a part of our body. Listen, if you smashed your, your thumb with a hammer, you would take care of it, right? You would say, wait, I, I need to take care of this. I need to put a bandage on there. I need to put that hammer down. Something. And so we need to have that same approach with the people that are in the body of Christ. We need to love them and care for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. Why? Because we're connected together. We're part of the body. Consequently, and if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And so when someone gets a pay raise, when someone gets a new home, when someone gets whatever, has something to rejoice about, we rejoice because we're part of the body. There's not competition. We're all one, and we really need to understand. And Paul is spending a lot of time emphasizing this to the church. He's, he's been talking about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse four, in chapter 14, which we're going to get to in the next week or two, he's talking about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. But sandwiched in between there as well, he's talking about the body. Do you realize that not only does God give you gifts, but you are a gift. You're a gift to the body of Christ. You matter. You're important. And when people say, oh, well, I don't matter, you know, I'm not important. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says what in James 1.18? You are what? His prized possession. You are His masterpiece. God has great love for you. Jesus went to the cross and died for you. That makes you of great value. So don't let the enemy, don't let yourself talk, don't let someone else define who you are or who you are not. Go to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? In Philippians 4, verse 8, I think it says, Think on the things that are true, lovely, just, holy, righteous. Think on those things. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God has a great purpose and plan for you. And you are of great value. You are important to him, you are an important part of the body of Christ. Verse 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. 
So my first point this morning is we really need each other. My second point is our relationship with God is greater than the gifts. So we've been talking about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. But what's really important is our relationship. That's the most important part. Jesus, and we read this, we've read this through this, this uh, series, is Jesus is the greatest gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. And what you see when we read through the gifts that Christ has given to the church, we see a correlation there. We see a repeating of some of the same gifts. So let's look, uh, read on in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles. Okay, first are apostles. This word is uh, pestolis, and it means a messenger, one sent out on a mission, an apostle. The second are prophets, prophets. A prophet, a foreteller, an inspired speaker, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, a person that receives insight into future events. Listen, a prophet is not only just someone that's speaking of things to come. They're proclaiming the things of God. God's word is timeless. And so as we begin to speak forth the word of God, we begin to speak life. We begin to speak blessings over one another. We begin to speak encouragement over one another. It can change our lives. Teachers, third are teachers. Didaskalolos, an instructor, a master teacher, an expounder of teacher of Jewish law. Back when Paul was writing this, the teachers were uh, teaching on the Jewish law. And uh, we know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees missed a lot of that because they missed the heart of God. They got so caught up in the legalism and, and all the religious stuff that they missed the heart of God. And so that's not what Paul is talking about here, but he's talking about teaching. And uh, you know that uh, many of you have the gift of teaching, and Pastor Christine is highly gifted in that. And, uh, but that's part of her gifting, and that's part of the way she's wired. She loves to teach. And I've talked to her about, you know, laying the teaching down, and she's like, no, please, don't take away everything else, but don't take away the opportunity for me to teach because she's wired. And she, she is, uh, that's part of, of her DNA. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28 again. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles. You know what? My ranking would probably be different than that. I would think miracles, you know, that's got to be the most important part. But God is about building relationships that we would understand the Word of God, understand the things of God. So first are apostles, second are prophets, Third are teachers, and I've, uh, in this series I've already talked about these and we drilled down, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But my ranking would be different than God's. But His ranking is what matters. God's priority is that we would have a personal, intimate relationship. He wants to have a, uh, that kind of relationship with each and every one of us. In fact, what's our mission statement in Life Fellowship? It's to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So everything that we do, starting in children's ministry through adult ministry, is to drive us to a more intimate relationship with Him. When we come on Sunday morning, when we enter into worship, it's about connecting with Him. It's not about just going to another church service. It's about engaging with Him that He would change our life. So my first point again is we really need each other. 
turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. Tell them you need me. My second point is our relationship with God is greater than the gifts. And this scripture goes really well with our core scripture, which is found in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Their responsibility is to, what, equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be what? Mature in the Lord. That's the target. God wants to wants us to get saved, but He wants us to grow up and be mature and help build the kingdom of God, help pour into others, help train them. And so that's why He gives us the gifts. It goes on to say in verse 13, uh, well, let me read all of 13. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles. It continues on. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. And, you know, there are some Christians, or some circles of Christians, that place more emphasis on different gifts. They say, oh, well, speaking in tongues is the most important gift. Well, they're all important. But if you notice in this list, speaking in tongues is not the first. What does it say? First is apostles, prophets, teachers. And so let's not get hung up on things. Let's not allow uh, doctrines that we've been taught or traditions that we've learned skew how we view the Word of God. Let's go to the Word of God. They're all important, okay? But what's really important for you and me is what God has given me, what God has given me to do, not what God has given Steve to do. I mean, I'm there as a supporting cast member, for Steve, you know, go Steve, I want to help you. But I need to do what God has called me to do. And I need to be willing to help out others. And that's one of the things that I love about the culture of life fellowship here is when you see the teams, they're working together. If one team needs something, hey, you've got people that are willing to jump in and help out, whatever that looks like. I love having the wit attitude, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so we should have that a church, but we should have that for building the kingdom of God. How can we help one another? Do we really give a rip about that person that's lost, that doesn't know the Lord? Come on. God places people in our lives so that we can be influenced, so that we can have a godly influence. Verse 29. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to, to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. And there are denominations, there are doctrines, is really a better, uh, and maybe traditions, <clears throat> and I'll be straight up. I'm not here to slam other uh, churches or denominations, but... Sometimes we miss what the Word of God says. Let's read the Word of God. Let's not filter it through what we've been taught or what we 
been told necessarily if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. And again, I'm not really here to, to slam anybody, but this is not a secret. The assemblies of God, they believe that you're filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't see that in the Word of God. Speaking in tongues is a gift. What if I don't have that gift? Does that mean that I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit? Not, a, not according to what I read in the Bible. And so if Grandpa gives bicycles to all the grandchildren, and, uh, and, and one of the grandchildren says, well, Grandpa only loves those he gives a purple bike to, well, what if I got a red bike? Does that mean Grandpa doesn't love me? No, he loves me. So let's not, be, let's not get twisted off on things that don't line up with the Word of God. And uh, I shared last week, I didn't mention this specifically, but the, the Church of Christ believes, is what I've been told and, and what I believe to be true, is that if you're not baptized, you're not really saved. But when you look at the Bible, it says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say, and be baptized. Now, we should be baptized. We baptized people last week. And we, we strongly encourage people, once they accept Christ, to get baptized. But the important part is that we give our heart to the Lord. Jesus didn't say to the thief on the cross, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise if you get out off this cross and get baptized. He didn't say that. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, you know, again, I'm not here to slam these other denominations. I'm saying there's people there in those churches that love God and are serving God and are building the kingdom of God. I don't have a problem with that. But we want, to, we want to look at the Word of God, and we want to rightly divide the Word of truth and understand what it says, not filter through some having to try to meet some doctrinal theology or tradition that was set up by man. So, again, I, I'm not trying to cause division in the body here. I'm just, uh, you know, we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. That's all I'm saying. You know, I was talking with someone recently, and, and they were talking about worship, and they said that, that they weren't really comfortable in lifting their hands. And I said, well, if you don't feel comfortable lifting your hands in worship, don't lift your hands. Engage with Him. That's what's important. So, listen, we need to look at the Word of God, and we need to rightly divide the Word of truth, and we need to understand what the Lord is saying. And what He's really saying is He wants our heart. He wants to have an intimate relationship with Him. And the gifts are important, but it's more important that we have a connection with Him. Alright. I think I've made my point here this morning. If we've accepted Christ, we are all part of the body of Christ. And again, um, all all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God desires that none should perish, but all should be saved. And when we look at the Word of God, God is not concerned about a lot of the things that we put emphasis on. We need to have good doctrine. We need to understand the Word of God. And that's why we encourage you to come to Bible study on Wednesday. It's dynamic. I mean, we talk about things. We're not just picking the easy topics and saying, oh, we're going to teach on... The prosperity message, because everybody wants to be prosperous, and everybody wants to be a millionaire. And it, well, that's not what the Word of God teaches. So we're going to teach you the Word. We're going to teach you all of it. We're going to talk about the things that are hard to understand. 
we're going to discuss those things, and we're going to understand why we believe what we believe and why we believe those things so that we can go out and live it. Listen, I don't have all the answers. I don't think any person has all the answers. I don't think any denomination, I don't think any pastor, I don't think any person, the only person that has all the answers is Jesus. But listen, we are working through the Word of God, and we're understanding it, and that's why I love Bible study, because you guys come, and you bring some wonderful questions, and you bring a different perspective. You know, sometimes somebody will ask a question, or they'll make a comment, and they'll be like, wow, I never thought about that. And I love having the student ministry in here, because they bring a different perspective. And they're getting trained up and equipped to know, to stand on the Word of God, to understand the Word of God, so that they can defend the Word of God, so that when their friends come and, and talk about things that are about compromising the Word of God or lifestyles that they compromise or whatever, our, our, our teens are standing up and saying, no, that's not for me. That's not what the Word of God says. That's not what is best for me. That's not what the Lord teaches. So no, I'm not going to go there. And let me, let me help you. Let me help you to understand why that's not good for you or why the Lord says to do this. I mean, how many of us wanted to eat 10 pounds of jelly beans when we were growing up and our parents said, no, you can't do that. You can only have a certain amount. And God says, listen, I put boundaries for you because I love you. They're here to protect you. And when you step out of these boundaries, it's not good for you. And so that's why you tell your child, no, you can't eat that whole 10-pound pack of jelly beans. That's why you tell your children, no, you can't run out in the street and play because I love you. And so we need to understand that God sets boundaries, not because He's a mean, harsh God that doesn't want us to have any fun. He sets boundaries because He loves us and He's looking out for us to protect us. And so the world needs to know that God loves them. He loves them enough to say, no, you can't do that. God loves you enough to say, no, you shouldn't do that. And so we find those things by going to His Word. Okay, so let me read verse 30 again. Um, do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. But God has given you gifts. Your giftings don't look like mine. Mine don't look like yours. But they're important that we fulfill the wholeness and the completeness of the body of Christ that he, he called us to be. And He's giving us the gifts so that we can operate effectively and efficiently as the body of Christ. Verse 31. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now, let me show you a way of life that is best for all. And this is where I'm going to stop this morning. I'm going to have to come back next week. This is where I plan to pick up. So my two points this morning are, we really need each other. Let's really get that. Let's really understand that. And the second thing is, our relationship with God is greater than the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. I want to go back and read uh, two scriptures here. Verse 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Paul is saying it's too important. You need to understand this. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone 
decides which gift each person should have. So if you don't know what your giftings are, just begin to seek the Lord and ask Him. It begins with a relationship with Him. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe this morning God is speaking to your heart. Maybe you had a relationship with Him at one point in time. You've walked away. And God is beckoning you this morning. He's, he's calling you back. Listen, there's no shame in that. God is a, a God of healing and restoration and fixing our broken lives. And if that's you this morning, would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. God loves you. God wants to pour into your life. He wants to pour out giftings on you that will change the world. Lord God, I thank you for this great day. I thank you for this wonderful congregation that yields their hearts and their lives to you, serves you with great passion, with great desire to please you, with great excellence. And Father, I pray that we would be reminded as we go from this place this morning that we are one body and that we need each other and that the giftings that you've given us are important because you've specifically chosen to give each of us those giftings. And it's not so we can build our own kingdom or, or build our own egos, but it's so that we can build the kingdom of God and uh, build one another up. So, Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that as we go out, we will live a life that draws other people to you, that we will live an authentic, honest life with you, where we're honest with you, where we have an intimate relationship with you, that we can bring our, our concerns, our burdens, whatever that looks like to you. And, Father, I thank you for the people that you're going to bring across our path this week, that we can share the hope and the love of Christ with that we would be able to use the gifts that you've given us to help those people, to help one another. And so, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for an encounter with you that changes our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. And I want to encourage you, men, especially if you're a part of this body, you need to be here on Tuesday night. If you're visiting, I encourage you to come. We spend time together. We're talking about things that are relevant. To, uh, to our families, to our own lives, to our own growth. And uh, so I encourage you to be here. Um, I'd like to dismiss you at this point in time. So go out and make a difference in your world. Use your gifts to build the kingdom of God. Go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for joining us this morning.